You're listening to Movies for Decades. Welcome to Movies for Decades, a film history podcast where we watch a century's worth of movies, one decade at a time. Today we watched 1932's Freaks. I'm John Albee. I'm Helen Cottingham, and I have a cold, so I sound like a pseudo-smoker teenage boy frog. Sorry about that. I hope this isn't triggering in COVID times. I'm uh, Colin Albee, and uh, it's uh, we accept you, Helen, <laughs> one of us. Gabba, one gabba, of us. hey, we accept you, we accept you, yeah. one of us. <laughs> you know, we can go back now that... Now, now it's you... going to be like, I can't tell anymore who's who because now Helen sounds like a boy. <laughs> Are you saying we always sound like we have colds? No, you sound like me who has a cold. Okay. My voice transformed into uh. your voice. <laughs> Is that how that works? Anyway, we're at least in the days where... You know, if you're just kind of sick, we we can kind of go back to the days of whatever. Yeah, it's definitely not COVID. I took two self-administered government-issued COVID tests, so it was negative both times. Cool. I think another reason why I haven't done a lot of the intros is that are we is that what we are a film movie history podcast? Uh, I. Good grief. That's I don't partly know. why that's partly why I was always awkward about doing the intros because I wasn't really sure if that's what we are. We uh talk about movies and we watch old movies till new movies. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. No. Yeah, that, that like, is what we do. And we're we're we like to hang out and watch movies together and have our whole lives. And so then it got hard because we were all adults. So then we decided to make ourselves do it on a schedule and publish it so that we would see each other and watch movies together and so hence the podcast behind the curtain everybody yeah <laughs> hence our intro is longer so yes yeah, so, so how about up... this movie yeah oh I, my gosh it's so good i loved this movie and um i think it's just incredible that there's a movie like this um it, it was very experimental the first half of it it really just felt like a series of stuff happening and there was no story until the second half and it was very loose and it was very strange and it was very compassionate too and yeah. i just it's crazy to me that there's a movie like this and it was made so long ago and and i don't really know if i can articulate myself correctly well, about this so no yeah. i mean one thing is i thought this movie was amazing yeah, Colin, yeah. I would just like to thank you for blindsiding us with this because I had no idea what this was going to be. You were just like, we're going to watch a movie called Freaks and I purposefully didn't Google it. Uh-huh. Um, and I was just like, no idea what it's going to be. It could be about anything. Anybody could be a freak. But it was like sure. about literal circus freaks. And wow. Yeah, exactly what John said. Super compassionate, except for maybe the end where I would maybe. like to unpack a little sure. bit, but maybe not yet. Um, and... Yeah, just very impressive. This is the recurring theme of this pod is we watch an old movie and we go, I can't believe how modern it is. Well, here's the, here's the first way, where this movie, I think, hooked us all. Like this movie, this is where this movie grabbed us is we hit the play and we get the line roaring and it's roaring too loudly. And like, and we got the hiss of the old, you know, early sound here. And we're like, we're watching. And then you point out like, like the, the title card and you're like, you point out. It looks like they just filmed a poster. Yeah, and there's all this small print on the yeah. title card. And uh -huh. I'm like, who does this small print, like, disclaimer, year it was made stuff? <laughs> and we're like, what a weird anachronism that they kind of just had a, the, the title card for the movie be a, a poster. And then suddenly the poster is ripped. Yeah, hand comes from behind it and rips right through the title of the movie. this movie got us. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not a weird anachronism. It's a cool artistic choice that this movie jumped us yeah in. Like, yeah mm. and what what was what are they saying with that monstrous tear <sighs> through the title poster and what what is because like other than this it's cool this movie at one hand is like has all this compassion for these um you know disabled people you know or just different bodied different, people different I don't bodied know. people um 
And then uh, at the other hand, they are like, look, they are freaks, you know? And, and, and we're that, putting them on camera. Yeah, yeah, and that tear through the thing is almost like, are you calling them monsters? What do no, you No, I mean, I don't know. I just thought that was just like, that's what you do at the end of an act at a circus is you rip it all down. You have no, like, you're not precious about anything. It's just a job, like... It was like a weird sort of horror movie move to me. Okay. To yeah. have that I mean, rip yeah. through the poster. That's how I read it, but I mean, I, that's valid the way you read it too. I mean, this movie was kind of explicitly sold as and considered a horror movie. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. See, that makes it yeah. less compassionate and that makes me want to talk about the ending again. Well, let, let's maybe get to the ending. Okay. And maybe one thing that'll help is I can talk about why I know about this movie and why it's famous and also unload some of the research i did on the film's director yes please yes okay unload sure so this movie is directed by todd browning and the irony of uh, he is the director of the prior year the 1931 film dracula starring bella lugosi really and so the irony is not really lost on me that i spent some time dumping on the todd browning dracula and how it's kind of just clunky and not very good other than some you know other than the things about it that are iconic yeah so i kind of but obviously so that's why i know about todd browning and that's why i know about this movie and i was always fascinated by it because i mean basic things that i read about it and how it's sort of a horror movie but occupies a weird space in horror history mainly it's its main connection is that it's the dracula director and i kind of had read that this was like this was his movie he got to cash in on after oh, make so he this made was, money on so it's kind of his blank check it's kind of his blank check movie hashtag podcast we we like you guys the name of the show was blank check. <laughs> yeah so this is todd browning this is the movie he really wanted to make that he got to cash in on because the studio let him make because because he, dracula was a blockbuster because yeah because the yeah it's partly why that dracula movie in my opinion maybe isn't very good is he was apparently not super engaged in dracula because the studio was like had their hands all in it because it was a big movie for them to yeah. adapt dracula and blah 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 and so this was the movie he was like all right let's go so who is todd browning yeah todd browning is a guy who uh when he was 16 14 or you know when he was a teenager he's from louisville kentucky he decided to run away for to the circus wow that was that's not a cliche it's a thing people did yeah especially in this is like what the 1880s when he was that age wow so he ran away with the circus and was a carny a real carny like uh for like a huge part of the first part of his life wow so this is a movie that is coming from his personal experience of being a carny for 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 decades right and and like uh and he's also a guy who um uh a little bit of a dark past he's a guy who who like somewhere in his life he he got married and then um and then abandoned said wife and child and uh became went into vaudeville Mm. And so he was a vaudeville comedian, and uh, oh, so the him in the movie is the clown guy then. Kinda, yeah. yeah. So he became a vaudeville comedian, and then this led him into the early teens, where early nineteen teens, where Hollywood's getting going, and so he was a go-to, you know. And they got vaudeville comedians, and so he was kind of one of the original sort of Keystone Cop kind of com- short film comedians, mm. hmm. and like people on camera, you know, prat falling and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, so he, and and he was starting to direct some stuff here and there, but mostly he was an in front of the camera guy until he got into a horrific car accident mm. where where he was drunk, and he you know like the pat like at least one passenger died. The and days he got, before and he, airbags. Yeah, and he got um, he got apparently pretty bad hurt in it. And like, uh, and so he was laid up, and then from that point on, he was a guy who uh, was behind the camera the rest of his career. And notably, after this incident, he never was involved in another comedy like again. Wow, it killed mm. the happiness. It, he was like only when he got into directing. Like he doesn't really have much horror movies in his. Mostly, he did kind of dark melodramas. Mm-hmm. 
and and so he basically only made kind of dark movies the rest of his career once he got it is is this this incident was was and who knows maybe some of his other darkness and guilt yeah factored in right. so yeah. so he's so and like his one of his big creative partners was Lon Chaney uh-huh. um Lon Chaney Sr who was of course the guy of Phantom of the Opera and you know makeup guy so they were big time creative partners um and there's another movie I want to see called The Unholy Three, where uh, I think that's what it's called. I might be mixing it up. Where Lon Chaney plays a guy with no hands, ah, and uh, who's a carny who turns out to be a a, uh, a charlatan who right. does have hands. Yeah, I see. I and uh, and anyway, but then and then partly why maybe he Todd Browning wasn't that enthused about the Bella Lugosi Dracula is that Lon Chaney was supposed to be Dracula. Until Lon Chaney died, mm. and so anyway, so he gets to make this movie that's kind of about his life a little bit. Well, it's it's from his perspective, and he it, knew these people his whole life. It definitely does feel to me like a movie that comes from the heart, and so that all yeah. of that like makes sense to me that it's uh, mm-hmm. it's more than like a horror film or like even a drama. Like you can sort of tell that like this is a story somebody feels a lot about the subject you know yeah. i can he has empathy for these people yeah these, these circus these circus freaks were huge parts of his life yeah, yeah. and yeah. um and you know various types of people over yeah. the course of his life and uh and so um talk about the impact of this movie like uh you were going to get to that point well, let yeah. me make, i guess i was what my um was i i also just before we get the impact because that is its own thing is uh it's an interesting choice how this movie doesn't have any circus performance scenes except maybe one sliver at the very beginning. Yeah. It's all behind the scenes. And she's just scenes. swinging, yeah. yeah. It is all, like, maybe it was a budget thing, but it is only, like, the personal lives of these circus performers. They don't have a... Any other movie would have at least one or two yeah, long, you'd think here's this, what the performance looks yeah, like Yeah, you'd scenes. think the studio would have been like, come on, some elephants going around in a circle for the kitties, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I Let's mean, see that clown do a flip. Yeah. 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 yeah instead, it is not, which is an interesting choice. But, like, obviously, that was where whatever compromise had to be made, he did not want to compromise, you know, like, this is a movie about the behind-the-scenes life of these performers. And I love that about yeah, it. I yeah, I do, too. Yeah. I felt like that could have be, like, an HBO series, you know? Yeah. Like, and yeah. I would have been super bored and taken out of the movie if there'd been, like, a, you know, eight-minute trapeze scene. That's I would have been, about, like, snore time. Yeah, that's something about old films is they will do the, like, we have the big number. We need to show you something big and flashy. And I'm a little bit like, yeah, I'm really tired of this. Yeah. So. And something yeah. you said at the beginning, John, is, is, like, another thing about it is that, like, okay, it's hard to believe this movie exists. And it's, like, this is a movie that only could have been made, like, in the 1930s. Like, that was, like, almost the end of the window. Because pretty much all these, all these, you know, people with disabilities in this movie who were like actual circus performers yeah they were actual like circus freaks who you know air quotes is and like that he he got it's a job he, title he recruited. it's not yeah yeah that he recruited so they're being stopped this movie. being freaks yeah I, I guess soon after this film i don't what know you're saying. i mean you it basically, can't have been that much longer you couldn't have had. you couldn't have plucked these people like you you would have to you would have to like really because one thing, like if you got if you tried to make this movie with the same kind of people, right, in it, they would have to also kind of learn how to be circus performers. And yeah. like instead, this movie is like kind of like they're playing themselves to a yeah, large extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so yeah. So then, the impact of this movie um, is that it was controversial. Mm-hmm. I would assume for, so. For for what reason? Weird reasons. For like weird a myriad reasons. of weird reasons. Yeah. One is that this movie was considered terrifying. Oh. Why? Because nobody had seen someone with microcephaly, probably. Yeah, like all this stuff. What is microcephaly? That's the little tiny heads. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was going to ask. That's I, what happened to all those kids when their moms had Zika virus. Oh, okay. Um, sure. That's the disease... Where you're born with like a abnormally small head. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and so the reason, one of the reasons why this movie is so dang short, and why, and sure enough, there's an awkward little cut towards the end of the movie. Is there not? Yeah, there was some jumpy, choppy. Wait, what happened there? Wait, they're they're not what? Uh, why this movie so short? 
is because where there's a weird cut towards the end of it, remember? What was it between? There, it well, like where they're weird. coming after her, and then they're like, so anyway. Oh, yeah. Back to the beginning And see, I was plot. about to be like, that makes sense, because it's the same Dracula director, and they didn't show Dracula dying either. He likes to hurt people off screen. Kind it's of his maybe. aesthetic. But no. This is, uh, this, is, this is where the studio demanded that cuts be made. So they actually showed them butchering her? I don't know exactly, but whatever it was, it was more of the freaks like chasing her down. Wow. And and like I don't know how violent it got. I think the movie needed that. I think it would have vilified those people. Maybe, Mm -hmm. but they were apparently it was considered kind of disturbing and it was really featuring them. And and so that's why and so they they just they demanded those cuts and it's kinda almost the opposite of Nosferatu where like you know, there's been weird versions all over time, but like the good, the, the the most like visually striking stuff remains. This, it seems like whatever was cut out of this movie is gone for good. Yeah, really. And so this 64 minute, like it was closer to 80 minutes, the, yeah. the original cut apparently, hmm. or maybe even 90 minutes. But then this movie is a clean, I think 64 minutes. Yeah. Just yeah. Boom. And yeah, I even think that tag at the end, there, the very last scene with that, where it was suddenly like really like overexposed yeah Yeah, that must have been a weird print that they had to restore also that must have been cut out of some other versions i don't know yeah Yeah, and so then now that really wants me to talk about the ending where it was like this movie's so empathetic and it makes you feel like these people are real people with real lives and they're a community and then suddenly they are monsters crawling through the mud with knives in their teeth that was scary i mean i will agree that that part was creepy yeah and so it's like okay wait i don't want the message of this movie to be it has it been all along that these people are monsters like it suddenly felt like it was undermining the empathy a little bit but then also maybe this is super cathartic because you know they're finally taking down someone who's abused them Mm -hmm. and yeah, I think the right reading for this movie to me is is not that complicated. I just this movie does a really good job of making you on their side. Yeah. yeah. Like from the very beginning this movie is putting you on. And so it's it's a cool revenge movie with, yeah. with, with and I think that's one of the things that threw people for a loop about this movie. Hmm. And this is partly why I think people at the time and why studio executives were uncomfortable at the time with the fact that they're like how we're torturing a, a, a pretty lady and like th- we're supposed to think these freaks are the good guys like that was kind of the attitude at the time really yeah. they were like they were like that's too much but like i think like and and sure because we're t- sure enough like that was a thing that like was a reaction to this movie it's like it's too disturbing to look at these people Really? Yeah. That was yeah. totally a reaction to this movie. And that was sold as a thing that's horrifying about it. Is you get to look at circus freaks do scary things. Yeah. And like yeah, that, I don't think sad. that was really what Todd Browning was going for. He was going like, look, it's a sick revenge movie. With, yeah. With, yeah. You know? Yeah. And he certainly was used to seeing these people. Yeah. yeah and the movie does nothing but humanize and he, them. And he you know? lingered on them. Like mm-hmm. long shots of just the people with microcephaly like smiling and laughing and like doing their cute little hands up by their face. Yeah. Like like not the camera was not afraid to look hard at them and everyone else. And I thought that was really nice. Yeah. And, and emphasize the cool things they can do. With, Absolutely. Like the unbelievable like... Uh, the guy with no arms and legs who lit a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Like you yeah. can tell he's like, let's do. It. And they and they and they they had the 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 girl with um with no arms, you know, sipping she on her brewski. So you know, graceful and daintily eating her little her meal with her foot, like uh-huh. just yeah. like perfect manners, they, little bites with the fork. You know, I mean, he loves these people and he wants to celebrate them. And and you know, so okay, he made a genre movie where they commit revenge yeah. on people who are trying to steal, you know, on, on, steal on their bad money. people. Yeah, like, I guess who you hate. In you the know? 30s, I guess there wasn't um, room to just make a a non-genre movie about circus freaks. Yeah, like, yeah kind of, yeah. In what universe in 1932 would there be just sort of an emotional drama about these people? Which in it some would, ways is mostly what this movie is. It yeah. mostly is, but I guess like 
in order for it to exist, it had to have this sort of horror element because otherwise, mm-hmm. like, what studio would agree to make that? Yeah. And the yeah. the ending climactic in scene is awesome. Yeah. It was like like is with the the mud, the rain raining, and the mud, and they're all and crawling the, under the carts and the wagons and around the wheels. It's and, awesome. I mean, yeah. it was cool. It was cool. And I, but again, I was like Helen was saying, confused by it. Like, what are we saying here? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I was a little bit more prepared because I knew a little bit. Like that, people did get the wrong idea about this movie, and so this movie, you know, caused controversy when it came out, and and I think mostly just did okay. Yeah. Partly because the studio was like, we don't know what to do with it with this movie other than, uh, cut most of it out, cut some <laughs> nowadays, well, cut, cut a huge chunk of it out. Nowadays, it'd be like release it in August. <laughs> My guess, this is just a theory, is that maybe like because I imagine nothing was too graphic. Yeah. I imagine if he had to compromise, he maybe had to like choose to compromise between showing what became of her of this chicken woman. Yeah, he, he, they, he's like, we either you're either showing that, or 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 you're either showing that or or less of the them chasing her down and yeah. whatever and and like. Uh, but the chasing her down, I mean, that was kind of the stuff of nightmares. Like, that's yeah. like you imagine, like, you don't want to imagine, like, these people that look different from normal people coming at you with, with knives like, with knives and rage in their eyes. Like, yeah. that's very unsettling, like, just yeah. unequivocally. And, like, but I'm glad that had the foundation of empathy first. Yeah. If it had led with that, it would have been hard to recover. I, I do wonder, for my own opinion, whether I feel like it undermines it a little bit. And I, yeah. I, I do... I did the chicken shot. Did that? <laughs> I mean, like, what? And so she was an evil person, and her comeuppance is to become a freak. And and what does that say about yeah, the film's a... opinion about freaks? Like, exactly that that um, you get your comeuppance, and then you'll be one of them. So nice one, jerk. I like, mean, I, that that confuses me and upsets me a little bit. It's definitely, I think, a movie that's a little thin. Sure. Not just the length, but I think it's a movie that, like, uh, is not deep in its ideas. Yeah. I think. And uh, I'm a little bit like, uh, I mean, this movie has, like, you can tell Nightmare Alley has some of this movie. Yes. I was thinking about Nightmare Alley the whole time. This was better than Nightmare Alley, and I really liked Nightmare Alley. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a, that's a. That's the, you did like this movie. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I even think the ending is thematically similar. Yeah, yeah, because, you know? yeah, exactly. Not to spoil the ending, but Only yeah. he volunteers. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I said not to spoil the ending. Though. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Bradley Cooper should have been recognized for that. Is it, wasn't he nominated for no. Best? He was nominated, I think. Not for Best Actor, no. Was he not? No. Oh, that's a bummer. I yeah. guess he's got his Oscar, so they're like, fine. No, I don't think he even has one. But Let, let's anyway. linger more. What is Ooh, Helen? Freaks. What is your opinion of the chicken shot of the chicken thing? What in the world? Yeah, I was trying to figure out what on earth they did to her. Like, because there's no way cut off her legs anyway. Yeah, but I mean, the rest <laughs> of it, like, was she just so traumatized that she couldn't speak and could only, you know, cluck now? Or did they cut some vocal cord? I mean, yeah, yikes. Yeah, what and like, and also do? her hands looked like fluffy and swollen. It's like, okay, maybe they just put feathers on her hands for the display or whatever, but... Or cut some fingers. I don't know. I don't it's know. definitely it looked... like, it's definitely like, it's almost worse that you don't know what happened there, that you just yeah, end with that. Yeah, but like... I was wondering the whole movie what happened to her and what was so freaky about her. So I was relieved to for that shot, just for coherence of the movie. Sure. Um... It was a payoff, certainly, yeah. but one that I'm not and it sure is I liked. Yeah, I can see <laughs> yeah. that. I, I was a little bit like, Well, oh, but it's a no. movie about karma, and that's what but you again, get. But again, the karmic payoff is that you become these well, people because you're they supposed were to saying, empathize but with. But they were saying, one of us, know, one of us, but... and she didn't want to be one of us, and so now it's like you are, but you're the like most disabled version. And, yeah, and, and, and so what just... is that saying, that if you're that disabled, it really is like... <laughs> I don't. Re- I'm, I'm. I don't know if this movie is saying that much. I, yeah, I know. You know. It's just revenge. It's... I think this movie again. Todd Browning is a, uh, you know, a a guy who his career was putting on shows. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and and his career was in. Um, I mean, and, okay, yeah, I'm Mel- having a thought. Like sure. it, the best way to get revenge is to find out the specific personal hell of the person you want to hurt. Sure. Okay. And so that they you knew. hate us. Well, guess what? You are one of us. Yeah. And so it's like, what will make gobble, you suffer gobble. the most to the pain? Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Go. okay. You know what? Uh, that 
that explained it to me, I think. I'm, I'm actually, I like it a little bit better now that you've, you've put it that way. Um, so one thing about this movie is it's another movie that kind of went into obscurity until the Europeans found it uh, in the 60s, 70s. I was going to say it felt like a foreign film in yeah. a way. So many of the actors had German accents and European accents that I was like, I asked in the beginning, wait, is this another German movie? Because- yeah, it is funny how like, obviously, so he gets real circus performers, regardless of whether they're like, any have any cinematic acting ability at all yeah and but they're actually mostly pretty good yeah um and uh i think uh in particular the the the, uh the the dwarf girl the little people the little person yeah woman she's heartbreaking yeah she was great the dude struggled a little bit yeah i think it's mostly because whatever accent he had is so thick yeah and uh and but yeah so they get i even noticed the girl with with no arms has uh had kind of a southern lilt Mm. And then, and then, meanwhile, one of the guys definitely was sounding like he's from Brooklyn. You yeah, know, you know. Yeah. So it was kind of like, yeah, they just got whoever. And, and I guess that's who circus, cir- you know, that's who circus people run away to the circus. That's who they are. Yeah, you know, all over the place. And Todd yeah. Browning, Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, you know. Huh. And um, yeah. so yeah, this is a movie that the Europeans rediscovered as like. Whoa, this movie's cool. Yeah. This weird old American movie is cool. And then and then that comes back to all the, the arty film students in the US and they're like, Whoa, this movie like like Godard likes this movie or whatever. Oh. And like uh Frantically Truf- pulls Truf- a beret out Truf- of their pocket and crams it on their head. <laughs> Truffaut <laughs> likes this movie. What is it? You know, <laughs> sort of a miniature version of what I was saying about what happened with Citizen King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. the Europeans are in, in the, the the magazine writers like oh, another fascinating film from the so US. So eventually, we're gonna have to watch a movie from the '30s that was popular at the time. But so far, we have not. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I mean, Little, <laughs> Little Caesar was popular. Okay. At the time. All right. Okay. You know, gangster picture. Yeah. Just not that well remembered. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what this movie, and then and then like this movie, I think also people struggled. People who were, you know, this movie is kind of like people have tried to figure have the same conversation we've had about this movie. Like, how do we feel about it? And generally, I think academics are like, oh, this movie is like was ahead of its time in terms of being sympathetic to people with yeah. You know, disability. I'd really like to know what people that are represented in this movie armless people and um mm-hmm. you know dwarves feel how they feel about this is movie it okay to say dwarves what is, is the it, term, is that is the it term? Little, i think it's little people it is i think it's probably okay probably they call themselves sure. that in this but yeah, yeah it's yeah. old it's from the 30s yeah so. i mean yeah the medical cold code for it is still dwarfism well, but sure. probably you're not supposed to say that anymore. yeah i, I, I apologize I just want to be very careful yeah <laughs> it makes me nervous you know? yeah sure. um but uh i i definitely will say that the acting it's like we were talking while we were watching it um it's like the acting improved as it went along like they shot it in order or something because yeah i don't remember if i read something about that i like that rang a bell but maybe it's something else was ringing a bell I think mainly my my other thought on it is that the beginning of the movie is a little expositiony, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. then the rest of the movie is very much people interacting Emotional. with each other. It's yeah. natural, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that's part of it is that there's a little bit of some informationy dumps. In yeah, the and that's so and hard to deliver lines like that ever. If you're like a serious actor, it's yeah. hard. Yeah, you know? um, yeah, you know, bless. info dump lines. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, and so this is a movie that um, was kind of, you know, the, another thing worth saying is, is I guess, is that this is this movie was made at the height of the eugenics being a respected eugenics being a respected <sighs> science. Really? Oh wow! Yeah, the eugenics was still a respected form of science in the 1930s. Yeah, like it, worldwide. Yes. Wow. Including America. Including in, in, in there's a really nasty history of it a history of it in America. Specifically yeah. and, the South. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And so the um well I mean I mean no, I mean Harvard professors yeah, Harvard were, too, but were yeah. like were like, Oh well the cool thing about eugenics is is that like uh but like so basically it was not until after World War Two where like the, the, the kings of eugenics as science were the nazis yes it all went away and so basically so basically 
you know, it, it was not discredited until the Nazis and Hitler were defeated. Yeah. That it was, and and they were the big proponents of eugenics. And so this movie, in some ways, could be seen as a little bit of a of a thumb in the nose to the the, the, the eugenics. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Hell yeah! So let's put some thumbs in that nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, even that beginning scene where where. Uh, where where the, those like well why are these freaks hanging out in our creek or whatever you know and and like those monsters, monsters and then yeah. the, and then the mama lady's just like no leave them alone you know they're like, kids they're, they're playing they're like, playing and we're we're part of the circus and they're like okay yeah you know, that movie was that scene was a bit of a mission statement of yeah, this movie, yeah yeah I think. yeah yeah and um yeah so can I say um I've known about the gaba gaba we accept you one of us for years i've known about that i didn't know what movie it was from but it's referenced in the ramones song yeah. pinhead they start the song by yeah. saying gaba gaba we accept you one of us i think and that's one of the early ways i found out about this movie yeah, yeah. and it, uh they uh, on stage they would come out with a uh with a a poster that said gaba gaba hey or whatever wow and, um, that, this was a favorite of the ramones <laughs> and um and that, nice. that that tracks with where this movie got rediscovered yeah yeah and um punks and misfits punks and other and badasses misfits, yeah <laughs> um it also helps yeah. that the term freak became uh a more of a compliment by the 60s and yeah. 70s yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> a little bit so anyway but as it was it was kind of a a like a kind of a disturbing name for a disturbing movie you know back then back yeah. then the wedding scene which yeah. by the way is the only scene that has a title card yeah that yeah was have true. this random title card saying like and now the wedding yeah. let's skip forward in the plot that yeah. that was quite a scene that was a meaty like this is what we have to talk about when we talk about this movie that particular scene where yeah. they're saying gaba gaba one of us and all that stuff yeah and, and um what is her name Cle- cleo cleopatra cleo yeah, yeah. is or at least that's her character that yeah she's lowering i think just sort of slowly coming to realize like she has let this into her life she has let these people into her life and she's starting yeah to and i guess it. to summarize a little bit she uh she seduces um the um one hans. of hans, hans one of the little people that is and she independently wealthy she flirts with him before she knows that he has money and then she finds out that he has money and then she marries him and is trying to poison him and then they have this big wedding and she's just like laughing in his face and making direct fun of him and making out with her big hulking strongman boyfriend at the table and, and and doing all this kind of like flauntingly in front of uh, little person's uh, fiance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's there were some really heartbreaking scenes. It was it scenes, was it was, it was terrible. Very very creepy and sad yeah. And the and, the regular person was the creepy one. Yeah. The yeah, monster. The, uh, yeah. And, yeah, and it's just um, yeah that that whole scene and uh, yeah yeah that. I wish I could say more. There's well, like that scene there. isn't. I mean, it's 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 awesome. It's like you know, it's kind of the crux of the th- plot and theme of the movie, and uh, and and sort of like who are you actually in this movie? And the the movie is kind of challenging. Like, who, why are you watching this movie? Yeah. Like you know, mm-hmm. like are you are you wanting to be fascinated by freaks or are you wanted to view these as people? Yeah. And are like, you one uh, of us? Would you drink from the cup? And I also kind of think this that scene with the cup is cool because I feel like a little bit like, I wonder if this is a little bit of an actual ritual that you see in these circus, um, who yeah. knows, yeah. circus things. Either way, and, it worked for the scene. Yeah. Yeah, it worked great. And uh, they're all drinking from the cup and they all look happy. Yeah, they're all having a party. And, and she just throws it right and they, back on them. Yeah, you know? and they gave her the opportunity to be... Part, part, part of, of their the team, community to be chill yeah, yeah. and they You're not like, one of the people making fun of us yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. in this um, troupe the other thing is another thing worth i guess going into a little bit is this is a, this is we're, this is still a pre-production code movie oh yeah probably couldn't have been made right yeah that's part of it. and that's yeah. maybe also partly why this movie had trouble like having revivals in the 30s and 40s yeah and it's not even it and a lot of what the most production anti-productiony code is is how this movie is pretty risque yeah the 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 like uh you know some of the 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 you know physical flirting in this movie yeah and 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 the and the the sort of obvious implication that people are kind of banging 
Yeah, they're kind of hooking up yeah, all, and going all around. around. This troop are banging, yeah, and you know? that's like yeah. kind of very normal, like you yeah, know, you'd but think. For, but, yeah, but, yeah. This uh, the, the freaking. I had a dream about you last night. You were like standing on a rock in a bikini, and <laughs> your figure looked really good. It was, so, it was so plainly spoken. I kind of like want to like keep that scene in amber, like frame it in my house somehow. Like I want to talk live? about the 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 clown and Venus. Who... So like I like them a lot because they were clearly the like we got to have. Like two normal people, quote unquote, two who, who big are the kind people. of leads who are who are not bad people. Yeah, yeah. and and like the moral compass, and they could yeah. be really boring, uninteresting parts of the movie, but they're actually pretty fun. They're real charming. Yeah, yeah, and that was kind of something where I was like, does this movie need these people? Are they here because they're a studio note? Like what? But I mean, am I kind of an ableist that I think this mo- these people need to be here for? Um, and would it be better if it was all just about the circus freaks? I would um, say maybe this is an example of how, like, you know, in a way, like you even said it offhand earlier, this is Todd Browning putting himself in this movie. Yeah. You know, he's kind of was the clown who was who was nice to the to everyone. Yeah. He was friends with everyone in the troupe. Yeah. You know, and, it's and, a, and, yeah. And, and, and maybe getting with with. The hot lady who has no real job in the circus yeah, that they, we could we tell. Never, maybe she did. Yeah, we never knew what her act was. Maybe she was an assistant. Who knows? Yeah. But like you know, she leaves Hercules. Yeah. And they're like, I guess have a thing. And then she, and then and then there's that wonderful scene where she's yelling at him when he's got his clown makeup on, yeah. and he won't argue back until he takes off his clown makeup. Yeah. Which is really funny. Wait, yeah. is that what happened? That's, that was my interpretation of what that bit was. Yeah. To me, he like he just it looked like he just needed uh, his brain to load a minute. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, because he's just staring at her slack jawed and in his clown face, in his like clown character. That just, that just, I, I thought what was funny about that scene, other than it was just, just a funny scene, mm-hmm. is, but uh, then he's taking more of his makeup off and then he's like, now hang on. <laughs> and I, I think, like, I interpret it as he, this guy's so meta that he's not gonna, like, until his clown makeup is off, he's not gonna speak. Yeah. He's very method. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's method. He's yeah. in his he's in his Methods character. Yeah. yeah. He's in character so he can't argue facts. Yeah. He's got it. And so I thought that scene was really Not good. now, babe. I'm bozo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll fight after I'm done being bozo. Yeah. It's yeah. bozo time. But okay. yeah, they were really sweet and really cute and their the evolution of their relationship like you could tell they're friends and they've known each other forever but also they've had this like unspoken thing and now she's finally single again but he's like she's making the first moves kind of but he's also saying i had a dream about jesse and <laughs> the other thing is the siamese very, twins they're very charming it's oh little... my gosh yeah, yeah i'm fascinated by that dynamic where the siamese twins they're uh, one has a husband and one is becoming betrothed yeah and they have like maybe separate sex lives and the fact that this movie plays with that at all is super pre-production code yeah this movie is that like this movie like even probably at the time they're like how are we allowing this like this bit about the siamese twins having like uh two boyfriends two boyfriends it's absolutely like inviting the audience to think about that those marriages yeah you know and they happen in real life you know there needs to be films about them now that isn't just reality tv gosh yeah and what's the better name other than uh, do we even know conjoined twins conjoined conjoined twins oops we're so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, trying. We should have made. At least I asked the, after the, the fact. research. Yeah. I did watch a circus movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? and yeah, and that line where it's like, "I wish you wouldn't drink all night. I don't want her laying in bed half the day so- nursing your hangover." <laughs> it's just like this is so complicated. You're married to your wife and her sister, and yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it was. Um, I mean, it's an amazing movie. I feel like it's my favorite movie that we've watched that I hadn't seen prior to you know, doing it for this podcast. Wow. Like, because like, really, mo- probably most of the movies that we've covered are movies I had seen before, but this is, of the ones that I hadn't, this is so far my favorite. I was, yeah. I, I liked was this one a lot. Bound. Yeah. And I was completely blindsided yeah, by it. Yeah, stunned by it. Just yeah. like, what? A- and just immediately, I was like, what are we now seeing? Like, I yeah. Mm-hmm. And what really blew me away was um, when you said they're all real, because mm-hmm. at the very beginning when the... What trick are they doing? Yeah, I'm the like, little not. the group of um, people are playing by the river, and mm-hmm. there's that guy with no legs. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nowadays, that would just be someone green screened half of their body out. Yeah. But and so I was kind of like, how'd they do this trick in the 30s? And like, there's a lot where he's sitting on the ground and it, like, it's very easy for there to just be a hole in the ground. And that's just a guy. Mm-hmm. But when you said, no, I think that's a really a person with no legs. Well, like I knew that fa- that for a fact. Yeah. This movie. Is that was like, like, whoa, hold the phone. Like uh-huh. this movie's on another level now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like uh, yeah like uh, in the B- ballad of Buster Scruggs where uh, the guy who plays Neville Longbottom is a guy with no arms and legs yeah. in that movie you know? yeah yeah um, yeah whatever his name is he's a real actor yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's not had just a pretty Neville. good little career probably one of the better post Harry Potter careers yeah honestly yeah. anyway um, he's yeah at those long lingering shots of these people I mean the movie lives and dies on those shots yeah, yeah I really. I really liked this movie, and um, and I'm surprised at how loving it is and unproblematic it is in so many ways. We watched so many movies for this show that um, are that I feel so complicated about, and this one really isn't. There, there's surprisingly little that gives me pause in this. Yeah, in this I mean, yeah. This, other than the other than the big things and the other and than the, like the ending, which. You we know, covered, but that's... like, uh, yeah, I mean, this movie was kind of a little bit ahead of its time, and that's partly why it was it yeah, occupied it like a weird spot when it came one out. One of those that Raj, Roger Ebert listed as the 1000, is it one of those AFI movies? Like, probably how, okay, because I, I, I mean, I read, I did a little more research, but I didn't really read people's like uh takes on it, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, I try to at least have not, don't have yeah, that, but I'll read takes. about it. I, I, I think. This is one of Roger Ebert's great movies. Yeah. I'm not positive, though. So, and that's partly like, why I knew about it is I'm like, this is what I need to see one day. Yeah, because you know? there's a lot of movies that I see and think this should be on every list. And then I go look and it's not on any. And it's yeah. like, well, it's with my taste that I keep thinking I need to make my own canon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this movie's pretty famous. Um, I'm happy I was able to blindside you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad I did not have itchy Google fingers and I didn't look it up. Because, Maybe you just learned. Yeah. You know, that, that it's sometimes good to go into a movie a little cold. Yeah, no, I love to go into to a movie cold dude i go into every movie cold yeah. <laughs> welcome to how i've experienced us making this show <laughs> me being cold every time being like wow what what do you guys think i don't really get it you know <laughs> that's my entire role here is to introduce the show and be like wow i didn't get it <laughs> i will say like even me i was a little bit more prepared i was totally like a little like pretty early on i'm like whoa this movie's good yeah you know pretty early on so that's our recommendation yeah i just it's cool to watch a rare movie yeah something that you feel like i can't believe this was made you know yeah Yeah. it's one thing to watch a good love story or something like oh cool but there's millions of those there's only one of these there's only one freaks you know what i'm saying yeah and you can't watch another one like this and but also i think if it had just been presented to me as it's a carny movie it's about it's about circus freaks that kind of might have been an eye roll like a little bit because i mean i've just watched nightmare alley and there's a lot of these like ooh, we're fascinated by them good old bygone days when people rode around in carriages and had a circus and i could have been like okay a movie where there's you know long scenes of people riding horses and standing on them and the trapeze and mm-hmm. the one tent that has the bearded lady and then and I could have been in like, that a yeah. sweet little scene where like the bearded lady had a had a baby yeah the bearded lady so, had a baby yeah. they were so excited that was so sweet but yeah so this movie wasn't that at all but I think maybe had I known that it was about the circus I would have been like okay glorifying them bygone days when there were circuses okay but it wasn't that at all no um. And Nightmare Alley was that a little bit, but I still think it was cool and it made some good points. Um, this is just a cool movie. It's just a yeah. cool movie. Um, yeah, I the, like the it real too. story of the bearded lady or the ape woman, as sometimes she's referred to, is is tragic. And Wait, real. there was one bearded lady. There was a specific person, yeah, oh. who had a uh, hair all over her body, huh. and she was a circus freak, and she was taken in by a con artist who. Uh, you know, profited off of her and married her. Mm. And um, there's, I, I don't know that this was a, a marriage of love. It was, mm-hmm. it's very sad. And he had a child with her in, with the intention of, um, you know, exploiting 
like, look, I have an ape baby. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very sad. It's yeah, very sad. And it's a real thing that happened. And then I think they both died and he had their bodies um, on display for people. Yeah, this And this is the world that this movie is based on. It's real and it's sad and it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's partly what this movie's occupying kind of two worlds of like, it's not really out to condemn the world of, of um, profiting off, off like, you know, these, these, the way these circuses did things. Of, you know, profiting yeah. off people, but in, but also this movie is like in the world of well, these are these are people working a job. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. And what was that documentary about all the the town in Florida where all the circus, live. all the carnies live? Yeah. And they were like kind of sad that the days of circus freaks and carnivals are kind of over, and it's not politically correct for them to perform anymore. Like, wasn't that a kind of a theme in that documentary? Who made that? Was that a Herzog documentary? Didn't I watch it with you, John? I don't know. I don't know. Because you like go on documentary kicks. And there was a time, I think, when you were living at our parents' house where I would just show up and you'd be watching some weird documentary. Uh-huh. And there's this one where there's this whole town... I know that it's yeah. in, there's a there's a there's like one or two carny towns in Florida. Yeah, and so this and is there was the, like maybe. a lot of these kind of people, like no arms, and they were just all hanging out, and they were like really bored and lonely and sad that they were unemployed, and they were like, "We wish that it would come back. We would love to be in a tent and have people pay to come see uh, us." I like, don't think I did watch this. Documentary, okay, although do I, I do have a terrible memory. I so. mean, but I don't think, and it wasn't like we liked being exploited. It's like we liked being adored a little bit like mm-hmm. and having a job mm-hmm. and now it's so hard for that us was to for get us you know? yeah that was for us and now it's so hard for us to get like we can't just go work at the post office and like sort mail with our feet like that's you know yeah. like and so it was a really nuanced i mean we're in better days overall but yeah i mean the the, the I'm, i can see there being obvious nostalgia for for the community yeah yeah yeah, so I would really like to find that documentary, remember its freaking name, and rewatch it again. It sounds like a Herzog it. documentary, but it might not be. Could be a sidewalk doc. Maybe I saw it at sidewalk. Maybe you saw it at sidewalk. It that sounds would, like a sidewalk that doc may, to me. That might be why <laughs> neither of y'all have seen it, is because yeah. I saw it at sidewalk. Well, I don't know. Are we, are we summarizing the movie? Because it's not a long movie, so I guess it doesn't have to be a long episode. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have closing thoughts. I don't know if this yeah, is good. Other than, yeah, other than like it's maybe just a final note since I did a kind of a Todd Browning uh, biography is that his career kind of petered out after this. I think he still worked, but like um, he's yeah. a guy who died in kind of in obscurity other than he was the guy who directed the, you know, the first Bela Lugosi Dracula movie. But other than that, he died in obscurity in a pretty nice house in Malibu, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah, in, in like the early 60s before this movie kind of was rediscovered. Oh, yeah. too bad. Yeah. Interesting. So that's the end. That's, that's did Todd this Browning. movie ruin him? Was it... I don't necessarily think it ruined him, but I think it definitely did not continue his post you made a, mo- a hit Dracula movie career. Oh, okay. Like yeah. he, he kind of had some momentum technically and he spent that momentum on this movie and that movie did not help his career What momentum. a great passion project though. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, are we doing the what are we consuming? Yeah. Sure. Um, I'll just, I, 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 I watched the movie that won Best Picture in the uh, oh Coda Coda I watched Coda that I saw I saw that instead of Drive My Car and uh, yeah. that weekend and Coda's really really good yeah it's a lovely film so a film won Best Picture I hadn't heard yeah I had not heard that about wait uh, why didn't you hear that yeah what was I, I there just said that people have neglected to mention who won Best Picture <laughs> about this particular 2022 Oscars yeah it's like there was something that during the show that kind of like took over there yeah. was the Oscars this year I think that happened yeah. That yeah. People talked about. Yeah. <laughs> Who was it? Was it like it was Will Smith, right? It yeah. was Will Smith. Oh, okay, that's right. <laughs> we, yeah. we shouldn't become the podcast that the comments on the slap. Yeah. No, we, that's that not us. No. Well, how was Coda we watched though? it live though because yeah. we're film nerds. I mean, Code is a lovely film. Is it? Yeah. Yes. I, I I enjoyed it. I have very been told much. that if I had seen it before the Oscars, it would have been my prediction. And mm. I don't know if I if I would have made. It. That prediction at the if I'd seen it before the Oscars, but I but my thing is is like my thing is like I don't know I don't even I'm not even I don't even have a take that it should have won or should not have won. 
Well, but I I definitely thought it was like what a lovely film that's in the pantheon of best picture winners. Yeah, it's a nice movie. Good. And yes, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. What have I been consuming? You know, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening to kind of self help takedowns. I guess I've oh, been dear. listening to buy the book. Where they listen, they read a, a self help book and try to live by all the steps as accurately and loyally as they can, and then talk about whether or not it helped them. Mm. And most of the time, they don't, because most self help mm. is garbage, mm-hmm. and it's very entertaining. And then I've been listening to Maintenance Phase, um, where they talk about dieting and how most of that advice is also garbage. So mm. I've just basically been learning. I need to just take it easy and not worry so much about my life, and I don't need steps or cleaning or special foods. I just need to just be. And yeah. that's what my podcast journey this week has taught me. So basically you're just like having a a, a Helen ruins everything slash, you know, Helen and Teller bullshit you know, <laughs> a thon with your podcast. Basically, yes. Yeah. yeah cool Hmm. righteous yeah um i've been listening to the magnetic fields um for some reason i hadn't really listened to them much before and i'm usually not taken with lyrics i usually don't even hear lyrics that well but it reminds me of like country songs and like country songs are kind of depression with the structure of a joke you know yeah yeah and um the magnetic fields it manages to be like it's kind of a joke and it's also simultaneously very sincere. Like they say emotional things. It's like a plucky little tongue in cheek song about a breakup or something. And it's so clever and it's kind of there to be laughed at, but it's also very real. There's like actually the the emotions are very genuine and sincere behind them. And I really, I'm really just very taken with them magnetic fields that's so interesting there you know that reminds me there was one magnetic field song on those weird mix cds that what was that music store in home laser's edge laser's edge they would give you a free random mix cd i don't know where if they made them there or what with just artists they liked or were up and coming on them and there was a magnetic fields song on one of those that i loved and listened to over and over as a teenager and i have not thought about it until right now and i'm gonna find it again that what an amazing store that was and like wow those little mixes are the foundation of my taste like whoever made those thank you yeah and, uh, <laughs> yeah this local cd store and there was no records in there by the way yeah it was, it was all cds this is the year 2003 yeah so, so we're like records were not there was a day where there were stores that sold music and you could not buy a vinyl record. Yeah, yeah we would you know, go and we, we would walk to the CD store, and yeah, they they had their own store printed CDs. Yeah, that looked and like, professional, yeah. and uh, and they had those mixes. That's where you heard um, the Commander Thinks Aloud. Yeah, that's where I heard the Long Winters first. That's where I heard TV on the radio first. That's where yeah. I heard um, the Concretes first, and. Um, um interpol like so many bands i love came from those mixes this yeah. is the very first time i've ever heard that laser's edge did this wow which i guess I, sho- like, I guess shows my relation like my relative five or relationship six of these mixes <laughs> this shows my relative relationship with music yeah you know? yeah. yeah anyway i, I, which I love remembering music, but... a time where there was music stores that didn't sell vinyl records yeah. that's that's actually a, a special thing in my in my heart for yeah, some I'm reason so nostalgic I, for it i remember going to fye on uh, the release day for like um a, a bad religion album i feel kind of embarrassed of that <laughs> now but like yeah i got it when it came out you know yeah you go to fye out, or to laser's FYE edge and, and uh and bought a cd I was excited for that release, you know. Uh, yeah, what a bygone era, you know. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to relook up the magnetic fields because I remember, I remember that song from yeah. that mix. Yeah. There's a particular song called uh, "Papa Was a Rodeo." It's very sweet, and it's also very funny. It's like that's my vibe. It's yeah, that's my entire vibe. But it's very genuinely sweet. It's not like you just sort of happen to think it's sweet. It's like trying to be sweet and trying to be funny in equal measure. And that's like a rare thing. Yeah, that I think is generally found in old country music. But lots of people don't hear country music that way. They really do hear it as just whining. Yeah, but I, think it's I actually to be funny. I do kind of occasionally listen over to lately as an experiment and and this is like the the 
this is the thing that will get me crucified in any context is I occasionally listen to some modern country music <laughs> on the radio just for, sure. partly for the lulls, but pretty much every time I drop in, there's a song that kind of charms me. Yeah. Even if I have no argument that it's good. <laughs> yeah. But like another that's exactly like, but no, that's totally all modern country. A lot of it is it's kind of a joke, but it's also like kind of sad. But mostly it's kind of dumb pop. But like the one that I'm, but generally there's an image in it that gets in my head. Like there's a song I heard called 7500 OBO. Um, and it's about a guy, you know, and here's, here's all your elements. It's about a guy who's, he's selling his truck. It's uh-huh. got so many miles on it. It's it's in pretty good shape, and and it's where me and her used to do this, and you know, and the song kind of goes on on like all the fun times they had driving around in that truck, uh-huh. and whatnot. And he's like, but but I'm saying goodbye to her, and I'm and and I'm selling this truck for seventy five hundred OBO. Wow, <laughs> I I actually that sounds like a great yarn. <laughs> yeah, I really yeah. People hate on modern country too much. Yeah, that's my opinion, mm-hmm. and um. Yeah, and like hip people probably like uh, hipper people. Snobs probably like the magnetic fields, but I feel like they're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's cleverness mm-hmm. and genuine feelings in equal dose. Yeah, and um, hell yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, are we done? Are we're we done? Are we doing oh, so... the accountability section? Oh sure, accountability. Well, I've a uh, yes. Good. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you for keeping me accountability. Accountability. Accountability segment. My accountability is that I have, well, I've at least finished a line script, which means I've designed all the shots for the movie, which Good. is not like the final design, but I've designed shots for the movie that so, I'm making. Yeah. I have a album coming out on May 1st. Yeah. Woo. It's AM radio. If you type in AM radio to Bandcamp, you'll find a lot of people. With the name AM Radio, Uh-oh. but um, but your label is but our, what? My, our, my label is Sweet Wreath, and um, go buy my record. There's what going to be only like twenty five. There's going to be like twenty five copies printed, um, so get them while they're they're there. Yeah, <laughs> yay! Cool. I'm I'm mothering just fine. I think <laughs> my child is progressing well. Alive. She, she's doing great. She's. She had a cold, didn't slow her down. She ran around and yelled at us to do things with her while we laid in the floor like slugs because both of her parents were sick this week. And she was like, I'm fine. Cough, cough, cough. Push me in the swing. I'm wrestling the dog in the kitchen where you can't see me. Oh, God. Um, everything was fine. Um, yeah. Um, well, it's funny to me that you'd have an accountability set section for being a mother like <laughs> yes i didn't abandon the child again this week like so i have a bit no, which but is that... she's she's my project though i'm yeah. raising her she's yes so um... i had a bit that i came up with yesterday when i went to bucky's oh yeah where where i where at some point i heard clonk and and this little like i don't know two-year-old <laughs> is walking around and has dropped like a, a tall boy of monster energy <laughs> and he's got cookies in the other hand and he's crying <laughs> <laughs> and uh oh Oh no! And and people are looking like at this child, but no one's looking in an, uh, in like a. Oh, people are going like, whose child is this? Yeah. And all and, of the judgment. Like that was that was like that was people's look at this little child who had just dropped the the tall boy can of monster energy and uh, <laughs> and was crying and and like and I walked away and I was just kind of like and I'm like, so if you're gonna abandon a child. Like what? What? What's like your top three places to abandon a child? Because because obviously Bucky's is on the list. Sure, oh you know. God. It's really a matter of whether you want to like have have a super hero or super villain. <laughs> I mean, and the jury's out on if you abandon your child in a Bucky's. If that's Which gonna that's be a, gonna be? I mean, obviously it's gonna be some sort of beaver themed, you know, character. <laughs> But, like, is that a super villain or a superhero? You can make either argument. Oh, my God. I mean, God. you know, it depends on what that monster energy is going to do when they when the baby drinks it. I mean, <laughs> if he drank the entire monster, he'd probably be dead. But as it is, it just gave him superpowers because he spilled the rest of it. <laughs> oh, dear. This is disturbing. This is... But I, what a story. I saw it with my eyes yesterday. <laughs> I didn't see the end. Of, if I if I'd really been curious, I would have stuck around. Y'all, the end, Bucky's but... came to Alabama, and this is what happened. This Why are you surprised? 
<laughs> you can't bring Bucky's to Alabama. You're gonna have little toddlers boy. drinking monster. Wait, what was the other thing he had? A monster and a. Well, like he was holding like a little bag of like cookies or something. Oh, cookies. And, you know, okay. something more less memorable than the tall boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh and then, no. Yeah. Oh no. I would never allow my child to do such a thing. <laughs> Well, good. <laughs> Accountability. Yes. Wow. She's been to Bucky's, and I didn't buy her anything, or we got popcorn, I think. Okay. She loves popcorn. Anyway. <laughs> you know, a oh lot of people God. do. I guess she's normal. Yeah, I guess she's... One of us. I guess she's normal. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Wow. All right. All right, well, tease. Um, we don't have much debate on what our 1942 film is. Right. Because our 1942 film is Casablanca. Oh, wow. boy. Do y'all like the I movie Casablanca? I've only seen it once, and I was very young. I, I've seen it multiple times, but I was a teenager all of those times, so I don't know what I'm going to feel about it as an adult. Well, it's a famous movie. If y'all want to hear us talk about a famous movie that you maybe have seen, we're doing that uh, next time. Next time. Roll the music. But, uh, but. Da, 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 da. Thank you.